If you have your copy of Scripture, find 1 Thessalonians, please, the first letter that Paul wrote to the church in Thessaloniki. We call it Thessalonica, 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 8. It's the same text we used last week to talk about individuals living intentionally toward people Jesus longs for. Today, we talk about a church that will live intentionally toward people Jesus longs for. We'll read, we'll read 1 Thessalonians 2.8 in a moment. Uh, I, when we lived in Mount Washington, Kentucky several years ago, I enjoyed getting my hair cut at David Grigsby's barbershop. David was, uh, it was a typical barbershop, you know, people sitting around, and, and David was a great storyteller. I always learned more about uh, my church at the barbershop than I did in my office. It was a great thing, and David loved to tell stories. I want to tell you my favorite David Grigsby story. David is a, was a, is a big country music fan. He not only knows the artists and the words, he knows the stories. He knows the stories behind the songs. He knows the lyrics. He's, he knows the history. And uh, he knows the trivia of country music. And so several years ago, he was on a uh, game show called Fandango. It was on the country music channel, maybe it was the Nashville channel, whatever it was called, it's not, it doesn't, it's not in, in existence anymore, but there was this game show called Fandango, and so the contestants would answer questions. You know, you stand there like in a kind of a typical game show, and the host, who was Bill Anderson, would ask the question, and you, you buzz in, and if you're the first one to buzz in, then you answer the question, and then you get points and money and all that. So, David was, um, they're taping it. It's not live. It's a live audience, but it's, it's, they're taping it for later broadcast. And so, they, they taped the first half of the show, and at the, at the break, David was in the lead. And he, you know, they'd ask a, Bill Anderson ask a trivia question. David would buzz in, and he'd, he'd answer the question. So, he was in the lead. At the break, uh, Bill Anderson, the host, the MC, wandered over to the contestant, where the contestants were, and David noticed that Bill Anderson had some stray hairs that were hanging over one of his ears. And David said, hey, Mr. Anderson, you got some stray hairs there? And Bill Anderson said, yeah, you know, they've been bothering me the whole show. And he said, I'll tell you what, when uh, the next time you buzz in, I'll wander over here and you say something about my hair and it'll be funny. It'll be a funny little thing. And so they found some scissors backstage and brought them and David put them in his pocket and uh, they started taping the second half of the show. Well, David paused there and made me ask and I did. Well, did you ever cut his hair? No, he said, I, I never did. He said, I never answered another question the rest of the, the, rest of the show. Now, David's in the lead. He knows trivia. He knows country music. But he, he said, I kept saying to myself, hit the buzzer, cut his hair. Hit the buzzer, cut his hair. Because he said, I didn't want to miss it. It was going to be such a cool little g gag. And so he I said, kept saying, uh, hit the buzzer, cut his hair. And I never answered another question. That's kind of a metaphor for life if we're not careful. We will focus on things that would be good but not the, not the main thing. It's even a good lesson for a church who, if we're not careful, will 
focus on things that are good, but not the main thing. So if we focus on the fact that, that the organization is running smoothly, which is an important thing. If we focus on the fact that, that finances are good, which is an important thing. If we focus uh, on the fact that attendance is rebounding, although this is a holiday weekend, that attendance is rebounding after the pandemic, and that's, a, that's an important thing. We might forget that Jesus said that the purpose for which he came was to seek and to save those who are lost. We might forget that the last words of Jesus before his ascension were go to all the world and make disciples and baptize them. We might forget that Jesus said in John 3, if a person is not born again, if he or she does not experience that transformation so beautiful, it's so powerful that it's like a new birth, then we, if we focus on the good things, we might forget the important things. And um, if we focus on, on the fact that people are joining our church essentially every week and sometimes multiple people. If we're not careful, we will count that as ultimate success. Now let me be clear, I am thrilled and I always go home in a good mood when people join our church. This is such a great church, our mission is so important, our region is so strategic that I love it when people join their hands and hearts with us, I love it when God brings people to our church, even from other churches. But let me be clear, that's not the ultimate success. In fact, I I, I read two weeks ago about a man named Herb Kelleher. Herb Kelleher was a co-founder of Southwest Airlines and soon became the CEO, Herb Kelleher. Now, if you remember when Southwest was founded, it was founded as a a, a no-frills, low-cost airline. And um, somebody asked Herb Kelleher when he was CEO, why don't you raise your prices to be more in line with other airlines? And he said, we're not competing with other airlines, we're competing with ground transportation. And he went on to explain. Southwest was not competing with Delta, and United and American, they were trying to get the customers who usually drive or take the bus. So thereafter, they were after the the businessman or the businesswoman who covers the entire Southeast as a territory, and they always drive. Southwest was trying to get them to say, you know, instead of driving 10 hours, Southwest is cheap enough, I think I'll fly. Southwest was after the family who's going to drive 12 hours to the family reunion. But they think, you know, it's a long long drive, three kids in the back seat, and Southwest is cheap enough, I think we'll, we think we'll drive. Now, would Southwest have been delighted had all those United and American and Delta customers come over to fly Southwest? Of course they would have been. But they knew their customer. They knew what their mission was. They knew who the target audience is. I hope you see the obvious parallel. We we should be thrilled when people from United and Delta and American come here to Southwest. But we're not, they're not the primary 
customer. You see what I'm saying? We're, we're not competing with other airlines. We're competing with ground transportation. We're not, we're not trying to get people who fly on other airlines. We're trying to get people who don't fly at all, who walk. Important lesson for us so that we don't count as ultimate success people who would join us from other churches with whom we are not in competition. Well, now let's look at 1 Thessalonians 2.8. Let's hear what uh, Paul wrote inspired by God's Spirit and see how it applies to a church who is living intentionally in the direction of people Jesus longs for. Paul writes, because we loved you so much, we shared not only the gospel with you, or we were delighted to share not only the gospel with you, but our lives as well. We, we love you so much. We are thrilled to share not only the gospel of God with you, but our very lives as well. So let's, let's walk through that. First of all, he says we loved you so much. How does that apply to a church? I hope we are a loving church. Jesus, remember, Jesus wept over Jerusalem. He stood on the Mount of Olives and wept over the people beneath him. He wept over their needs. I hope we are moved by the needs of people around us. Jesus was called a friend of sinners. His detractors tried to put him down by saying he, he's a friend of sinners because he hung out with people, the religious establishment considered of no worth. Wouldn't it be wonderful if people were to say, you know, that, that bunch of folks that gathers at 600 Governor's Drive, bless their hearts, they are friends of sinners. Our, our call is to be loving, and so I hope we are known increasingly as people who are compassionate and kind and generous, not as cold and arrogant and judgmental. I hope we are known as Jesus was, as people who are compassionate and kind and generous, not as cold and arrogant and judgmental. We loved you so much, he said, let's be people who love. He said that we share not only the gospel of God with you, but our lives as well. Let's talk about sharing our lives with people. This week, several of us gathered around tables with friends and family, and we enjoyed that. And when I, when I do that, I sometimes think about a song that I think is probably 50 years old now, written by Lanny Wolf, who's the name some of you will recognize. And, and the title of the song is, My House is Full, But My Fields Are Empty. Now get the song, get the picture that the song paints. The table strains beneath the weight of delicious food. The walls echo with the laughter of these friends and family around the table. But if you look at the head of the table, the patriarch, who's obviously glad to have everybody there, has a hint of sadness in his eyes. For he says, it seems all my children want to sit around the table, and no one wants to work in my fields. So just beyond the, ha the country house, the fields of grain are white and ready for harvesting. But everybody just wants to sit around and drink tea and eat cornbread, right? Right? 
this is, this is the table. Sunday morning Bible study, Sunday school. Fellowship, worship. This is the table. And we ought to enjoy it. <clears throat> but I believe if you would look at the head of the table to the Father himself, if we're, not, if we're not out there, there's a hint of sorrow, of sadness in his eyes. We've got to be sharing our lives beyond our walls. So I, I've asked every minister uh, to be involved beyond church life. And by church, I don't mean just First Baptist, I mean any church. So we're involved, we're in PTA, we're on boards, we're volunteering with nonprofits, we're in civic clubs, we're trying to share our lives beyond our walls. And our AV team is getting us out there. They do such a great job with TV church and this sanctuary broadcast and live streaming. They're getting us out there to share our lives with North Alabama. And you are out there, everything from volunteering with HAP, Huntsville Assistance Program, and Meals on Wheels, and Lincoln Village, and Mobility Worldwide, and countless other things. You are sharing your lives, our lives, with, with people beyond our walls. And that's a really important thing. And here's a new initiative we hope to launch within a year. Quality, affordable child care. So a survey demonstrated that one of the greatest needs in Greater Huntsville is quality, affordable child care. For when families have limited incomes and they're going to have to spend a lot of money on child care, it's overwhelming and it seems cost prohibitive. And some parents wonder, is it worth it to work if I'm going to have to spend so much of my income on child care? So modeled after a program in Houston, our missions ministry and our children's minute, kids ministry are combining, collaborating to for, for a new program, a co-op, so that parents participate, cooperate, volunteer, becomes affordable. We're going to start in one of our empty buildings, our rooms, in our beautiful children's building. The hope eventually is to go into neighborhoods. So we're going to share our lives in a, what we believe is a point of great need, quality, affordable child care. We've got to share our lives beyond our walls. Paul wrote, we loved you so much. We were delighted. It wasn't a burden. We were delighted to share the gospel of God with you and our lives as well. So let's come back to the gospel. We, we do a lot, of good, a lot of good work in the community. But there are a lot of organizations doing a lot of good work in the community. A lot of people making life better for people around us. And that's a good thing. But we are not just any organization. Our mission is different from that of other nonprofits. Our mission is holistic, meaning the whole person. We're interested, I hope we are, in the mental health of people, in the psychological health of people, and the physical health of people, the emotional health of people. We are also interested in the spiritual health of people. We are interested in the soul, the eternal core of who a person is. We're interested. Unlike wonderful social service ministries, providers, 
We're interested as a church in the, the eternal core, the soul of who a person is. So we can't, we can't just do good works. We have to share our lives with people, but be, we, we can't stop there. We have to be intentional about sharing the story that we are sinners by nature and by choice, and we can't solve that problem on our own, and Jesus is the answer to our deepest need. We have to be evangelistic. And here's some ideas. Fresh expressions of church. We've had some great fresh expressions of church. Some of them have run their course. Heartfelt expressions was beautiful out at Low Mill, fresh expression of church among the arts community. Bright Star, a fresh expression, a new form of church in the recovery community. They've run their course. It was a beautiful course. We still have uh, Dinner Church, which goes twice a week to the homeless community, a fresh expression of church among the homeless. But it's time for us to launch more fresh expressions of church, and a fresh expression is a simple form of church for people highly unlikely to walk into this building or any other typical church building, no matter how good the music, no matter how beautiful the facilities. These are usually formed around networks of people or subcultures, microcultures, people who have something in common, like artists, homeless, people in recovery. So after the first of the year, we're going to do some information meetings and see if you would consider asking, what do I do that might become a fresh expression of church? Maybe you're a runner, and you would say, you know, I've got a lot of people with whom I run that they just don't go to church anywhere, and I don't know if they're believers, and you know, I could do something. Or maybe you're interested in the international community. There are people from all over the world moving here. Maybe you have a heart for them. You'd you'd say, you know, I'll begin something among people who are not native to the United States. Or maybe you have an interest in families who have members with special needs. You have a particular passion for them, compassion toward them. And you'd say, you know, I'll start a a conversation group. I'll, I'll start something. We're going to get serious about, again, about fresh expressions of church. And then there are the apartments. Thousands, literally literally thousands of apartments going up around Greater Huntsville, hundreds of them in our own community. We've got to place some missionaries there. And we'll help our missions fund with the rent and We'll ask you to be hospitable, to, to welcome people, make them feel at home in their new home, and to have conversations, including gospel conversations, maybe start a Bible study, invite people to church. It's true that people in apartments are harder for a church to reach than people in single-family dwellings, and we've got we've to place some apartments in that, I mean, some missionaries in, in that mission field called New Apartments. So we're going to talk about fresh expressions and apartments after the first of the church. But here's here's my big ask, and it's for people in this room and for people who are watching by broadcast. Would you be willing to consider a group in your home to watch and talk? Certainly could watch this broadcast 
have people bring snacks, tell them to bring a dish, snack during the worship, eat afterwards, your call. TV church is, is geared particularly for this kind of thing. We, we, we gear it for people who don't know church culture. You know, the message is 17 or so minutes, great music, interviews with local influencers. We send questions, discussion questions. So if you'll email me, Travis at fbchsv.org, I'll get you on the list send you the discussion questions. You don't have to be part of First Baptist. You don't have to be a member here. You don't ever have to be a member here. This, this, is, this is about getting the church Jesus loves closer to where the people Jesus loves actually are. So this is not, you don't have to be tied to us. I'm talking to those who are watching now, but also in this room. You don't have to stay home. You can record it. You can watch it on live stream. You, what? It's just like low-hanging fruit, it seems to me. To just host a group and talk. Just as we talked last week, just put the ball in play. You don't have to force anything. Just put the ball in play. Would you consider hosting a group? And let's not forget the world beyond our borders. Many of you have already filled those boxes for Operation Christmas Child, and they are being sent now around the world to kids. Good for you. It's also the time now as Baptists that we for a hundred years have focused on an offering for missionaries. Carrie and I have been there. We've been there in Nigeria and we depended completely on churches like this and others to, to give to, for the very food we ate and the ministry projects we had. And there are thousands of missionaries around the world that depend on us. They have descended, many of them, into places that are spiritually dark. It's our role to hold the ropes for them. So this year, you can, if you're a member of this church, either online or on your offering envelope or on your check, you can designate Global Missions Offering to the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship or Lottie Moon Christmas Offering to the Southern Baptist Convention, both of which support international missionaries. Or if neither one of those floats your boat, pick a missionary. But this year, let's be generous and give to missionaries. We can't, it's not just about around us, it's about the entire world. I love you so much, Paul said, that I was delighted. It thrilled me to share with you not only the gospel, but my life as well. Let's be a loving church that shares our lives beyond these walls and that doesn't just do good works, but shares the good news about Jesus. So last week I talked about individuals who live intentionally toward people Jesus longs for. And today, I'm talking about a church that lives intentionally toward people Jesus longs for. Why would I spend two weeks on that? Well, it's a business decision. And here's what I mean by that. Have you ever asked a business owner, how's business? Maybe they own a shop or a factory and you ask them, how's business? Well, that's a good question, but the first question is, what's business? You can't measure how's business until you know what's business. What are we measuring? So let's talk about business. Years ago, the late Roy McLean, a pastor in Atlanta, told about an attorney 
who was on a train and sat near a lady, a fellow passenger, and they exchanged small talk, chit-chat, the weather, and that sort of thing. And um, then with time, the, the, the conversation became a faith conversation. He wasn't pushy. He just shared how important his faith in Jesus was to him, and it went where it would, and train arrived at the station. Everybody's getting off the train. The, the lady's husband was there to meet her. He's welcoming his wife home. The attorney walked by and just said, nice to meet you, goodbye. And husband asked, who was that? She said, just a guy I met on the train. She said, he asked me the strangest question. He asked me if, if I'm a Christian. Well, the husband was offended by that, and he said, I hope you told him to mind his own business. And she answered, you know, to hear him tell it, you would have thought it was his business. And it is our business. I'm not talking about being meddlesome or nosy or pushy, but it is our business. There are just so many wonderful things going on around here, things that thrill my soul. But let's not ever forget what's business, or else we'll measure success by the wrong things. What is business? Increasing numbers of transformed lives and baptismal waters that are often stirred. What is business? Increasing numbers of transformed lives and baptismal waters that are often stirred. What is business? Increasing numbers of transformed lives and baptismal waters that are often stirred. You've heard it three times. Surely you can say it with me, would you? What's business? Increasing numbers of transformed lives and baptismal waters that are often stirred. One more time. What is business? Increasing numbers of transformed lives and baptismal waters that are often stirred. So somebody asks you, how's business? Now we'll know what's business. And 518 is the hymn that we're going to sing about loving, 581, about loving to tell the story. 581. And so we invite you to be part of our church family. This morning there were three people baptized in our early service. Maybe you'd come and say, I've not yet been baptized, but I'm ready. Or maybe you would say, I want to come to be part of what God is doing here. We would be so thrilled to have you. We would be delighted. And if you'll come to where we are down here, we'll take it from there. We wait for you while other people sing. Let's stand, please.